Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Foundations Podcast, October 2nd, 2016. Well, hello, FC, and welcome to the FC Podcast. I'm Bobby. I'll be your tour guide today. I apologize for my cold voice, though some have compared it to the purring engine of a 66 Impala or a blender. Before the sermon, let me tell you what's happening right now at Foundations Church. Okay, I'm not really entirely sure what this is, but there will be a two-man golf scramble on October 22nd. It costs $45, and signups will be in the lobby only and only the first 20 to sign up get a spot. So if you're a cool kid and you know why one would scramble about during a game of golf, or you just want to see grown men participating in such an event, go ahead and sign up post-haste. Also, Pizza with the Pastors is October 30th at Savastano's Pizzeria. This event is for anyone thinking about becoming a member or just wanting an opportunity to talk to our pastors and learn more about our church. It's completely free, but you must RSVP online at foundationschurch.tv to get your spot. Excellent. That's it. Without any further ado, I present to you the man who won WrestleMania 22 with nothing but a plastic lawn chair and a bag of Skittles, Pastor Justin Graves. Well, good morning. It's good to see everybody here on this Sunday morning. We are in a new series called I Love God, But. I love God. But if this is your first time here, we want to welcome you to Foundation Church. Uh, my name is Justin Graves. I have the privilege of being here um, and being, being here and being the lead pastor. But we just want to invite you. If this is your first time, man, we hope if you don't have a church home, you're looking, we would love to be home for you. We hope that you're not looking any further. It's a fun day. We do this every day. We don't have Josh's Snow Shack and pony rides every Sunday, but we do this every Sunday. Now, let me say for the ponies, there is a weight limit on the ponies. I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> And a height limit. So um, if your feet drag, you are too tall. Um, I'm not sure what the weight limit is. I'm not even going to get into talking about people's weight today because we love people. So anyways, um, here's the deal. The, The big idea from this series is this. We've all used the line or had the line used on us. Let's be honest. I love you, but. You know, I I love you, but there's, there's this thing that, yeah, I, I can't take it any further than where we are. And um, I, I don't know if, I don't know how your dating life was. My best friend, he like had long-term relationships all through high school, all through college. And I was like, what are you doing, man? Um, I was like, when it was no longer fun, I was done. That was my whole Theology through dating. If it's no longer fun, it's done. And it rhymes, so it has to be biblical, right? Um, And so if it's no longer fun, it's done. And um, that is not marriage advice, by the way. Some of you are like, man, that is the worst advice. But I was, I, I, I never fell in 
love. Um, I never told a girl I loved her until I met my wife, and it took a long time. Um, and, and let me say this, before we, before we get going any further, um, my, my, my oldest daughter is here, and she is in mid-high. And if you are in mid-high, I love mid-highers, but let me say something. If you're in mid-high, you should not ever say this phrase, I love you, but, until you get out of mid-high, because you are trying to figure yourself out. You, you are like Forrest Gump at this point. You don't know what love is yet, okay? Let's just, don't say it, don't say it. And I'm not saying that as a dad, but I am saying that as a dad, just receive it somewhere in the Bible. Um, somewhere in there, I will find it. I will, un, anyways, I'm about to get really sidetracked because there's ponies and snow cones. Um, but I was a uh, uh, big time I was, I was a guy into infatuation. I, I loved the chase. I loved um, kind of getting a girl interested in me finally when it would happen. And then once it would happen, I was like, well, now what do we do? You know, I, this, is, this is weird now. You like are wanting to hang out all the time and you don't want to have fun any longer. And um, it, it, was, it, was, it was no longer fun. And so I was done. Yeah, I was done. And so uh, it just got to this place. And I, I, I got to a place where I would, I would get in a relationship. I was like, what have I done? And I don't know if you've ever been there. You ever gotten in a relationship like you're like, what have I? Has anybody ever been there? What have I done? Now, all you married people, put your hand down right now. Um, <laughs> you cannot say that. That's not good. What have I done? But I mean, I would, I get in a relationship with a girl and I was like, ooh, you look good from far off, but ugh, you, you teeth kind of nasty, you know? Um, your breast smells like baloney all the time. I can't, I can't do that. We cannot engage. Um, and, and so I would come to a place of, I like you. So I never said I love you. I like you, but there's a problem. There's, there's, an issue. I like you, but I don't want to commit to you. I remember um, when, when I turned 40 earlier this year, I decided that I was going to get in the best shape of my life because um, I'm older than I've ever been, which that happens as you keep getting older. Um, I was older than I've ever been. And so I decided, man, this is the year I'm turning 40. I'm going to get a six pack. I'm going to get the of six pack. I'm still 40. I still got time. But I got to tell you, I love, I love, I love the thought of the six pack. The, not, not the six pack of beer or cola, um, but like the boom, 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 six pack. That six pack is what I'm talking about right now. I love the thought. I mean, I, I would love to get that. I would love to attain that for my own personal goal. Um, I'm not going to be the guy that's, if you're this guy, stop it. I'm not going to be the guy that gets in the mirror at the gym, flexes his abs, takes the pictures like shredded. Um, <laughs> hashtag gains, hashtag blessed life. No, no, n nothing like that. Um, I just, it's for my own goal setting. But, but here's the problem. I love the, I love the idea of the six-pack. But I don't like what it takes to get there. Because I like tacos and queso too much. Somebody come on. You like tacos and queso. You're like, oh, I would love to have a six pack, but that queso looks really good over there. Taco Tuesday's coming, baby. And I'm not doing a gluten-free taco shell. I'm just telling you, bring the celiac on. Um, 
Gluten me. Yeah. Here's the deal. We, we, love the, we love the idea of something, but we don't like the ways it takes to get there. And can I tell you, that's how it is with our relationship with the Lord a lot of times. We like, we like the thought of God, but the ways of God, man, I, I love you, God, but... I love you, God. I love the idea. I love the thought. I, man, it's a great thought. But man, the ways, uh, the, the way to get there is, that's, that's tough. That's tough. Let me, this, this morning, I, w- I want to give you five things that keep us in a state of infatuation. Five things that, that we can't get past um, infatuation. You're never going to get past it if you don't get past these things. Uh, The first one is this. um, Reason we stay infatuated is that we're afraid to be vulnerable. Because if we're vulnerable, then we can be hurt, right? Um, If you allow somebody really in, then they can really, really hurt you. So we want to keep people at a distance. The second one is this. You're afraid your relationship is going to look like others and end up like others. Um, When Casey and I got engaged, uh, we got engaged and people said, don't do it. And I looked at him like, what? Don't get married. And these are people in our church, like that we were on staff at. They're like, you're going to hate each other afterwards. And I was like, what? Like, I was like, what? Like, I'm, I'm being for real. Like, a lot of people told us this at this church. Like, you are going to hate each other's guts. By the end of the first year, I was like, I, I don't, I don't want to hate her. And they're like, then don't marry her. I was like, that's the way. And so, so I was kind of like, well, you know, me and Casey talked this through because we didn't want our in relationship to look like their relationships. And some of us in this place, the reason we're not ready to commit, if you have commitment issues this morning and you're in a relationship, this got really awkward just now, didn't it? You're sitting right next to her too, buddy. You're welcome. Is <laughs> we, we, we don't want our relationship to end up like our parents or like our friends or what's been modeled to us. The third thing is this, is that you're afraid there could be someone better out there. That's, it's rude, right? It sounds harsh, but it's true. We're like, are you really the best thing God's got for me? Because I'm not sure. All my ORU students are like, yeah, that's true. Because I'm praying for that ring by spring, but I just don't know if you're it yet. Um, you're... Mm, there might be somebody better out there. Um, you're afraid the relationship won't change the person. You're afraid the person's going to stay the same. They're, they're, oh, oh, well, we're going to get in a relationship and they're going to stay controlling. No, 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 they're not going to stay controlling. They're going to become more controlling. I'm going to get in a relationship and he's going to stay psycho. No, 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 no. He's going to get more psychotic. That's what's going to, the relationship's going to change. It's just not going to change for the good. The fifth thing is this, is that we feel trapped. I don't want to feel trapped. I don't want to give up my freedom. I'm, I'm not just a one woman kind of man. You know, this is a gift to the world and I have to share it with everyone. Um, we, we don't want to feel trapped. And here's the deal. When, when I started researching this and when I started listing all these five different things that keep us to a place of infatuation, I realized that our excuses and our lines of I love you, but sounds a lot like our relationship with God, where a lot of us are. And our line that we say to God's our first point. We, we say, I love you, God, but I have commitment issues because I don't want to feel trapped. 
I, I, I don't want to stop having fun. Right? That's why I hear a lot. I don't want to stop having fun. Can I tell you, if you're not having fun as a Christian, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. He hasn't called you to sit in a closet and just read the Bible the whole time and say the Lord's Prayer for like... 5,000 times a day, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. No, 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 no. He's called you to live life, live this out, to thrive in this world, not to just exist in it, to thrive, to succeed, to go after dreams. And he puts these God-sized dreams in your heart to run after this big life, bigger than you were planning on living on your own. You don't have to stop having fun. You start entering into what is really, really fun without regret. Man, I just don't want to feel tied down. I, I'm afraid to really open up because I don't, I don't want to become one of the typical Christians out there because I love God, but I don't love his followers is what I hear too. Today, I'm not inviting you to be a clone. Dear Jesus, we don't need another Justin Graves in this world. I'm inviting you to be who God has designed you to be. That's what I'm inviting you to. But we say, ah, I hear you, preacher, but I love God, but I'm just not sure. Well, let's go to the Bible. First Kings chapter eight, verse 61, records a verse from King Solomon. Now, King Solomon is the son of David. He is the wisest man to ever lift. God asked him uh, what gift he could be gifted with, and Solomon requested wisdom. And so um, God gave him wisdom, and he is uh, built... The, the, the temple of the Lord for the first time. This has been a dream and something that his father David wanted to do, but God told him no. And for some of us, this is a total side point. It has nothing to do with my sermon. You want to do a, God th- a good thing, but it's not the God thing. And God's told you wrong. You need to stop pouting and, and stop like having a pity party for yourself because God told you no because he still has something good for you to do. It's just not that. It's this. Um, and some of us, we think, oh, this is what I want to do, God. And God's saying, that's not yours to do, but this is yours to do. And that's where David was. He did what he was called to do, not what he wanted to do. And that's a big difference. But anyway, Solomon is here. He's built the temple. He's built this, this awesome thing. And they're dedicating the temple for the first time. And he reads this script. He reads, he, he, he prays this prayer and charges his people in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 61. It says this, and may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God to live by his decrees and obey his commands as at this time, as we're doing right now. May your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God to live by his decrees and obey his commands as at this time. Now, here's the deal, and if we can leave this scripture up there for a little bit. This is a great charge. This is a great prayer. This is great to say to the nation of Israel. There's, there's nothing wrong with what Solomon is saying here, but the problem comes is that this verse is very, it is just full of hypocrisy at the end of Solomon's life. Because why Solomon may have meant this and why it, he, the idea is great, Solomon didn't commit completely to be fully committed to the Lord of God. He didn't do that part. And it says this in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 2 through 6. It says, The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel 
You must not marry them. Talking about other uh, people out of sight of Israel that were following and worshiping other gods. You must not marry these women. You must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. And can I tell you, a lot of times what gets us in the I love you God, but we think we're the exception to the rule. We think we're the exception instead of under the, the commandment. And he says, man, yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyways. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. God bless America. Damn. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. In Solomon's old age, he knew better. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God as his father David had been. And Solomon worshiped Ashtoreth, the gods, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Moloch, the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. See, Solomon fell in the trap. He loved God. He loved the thought of God. But he, man, following all his ways, being fully committed to all of his ways, that was, that was tough. And Solomon fell short. And as a result, his heart was pulled towards other gods, towards other idols, towards other things. See, what, what, I, what I'm starting to figure out when I finally hit my 40s is that really for a lot of us followers of Christ, we've been doing this for a while, we're infatuated with God, but we're not really in love with them. Because you see, when you become in love with someone, when you become in love with something, you commit to it. But when you're just infatuated with it, you just follow your feelings. And when your feelings stop, your commitment stops. When, when you don't feel love anymore, you decide to not show any love anymore. When you don't feel love anymore, you decide to not be committed anymore. And that's where we've gone wrong as a church as well. I don't feel God, I don't, but, but you were never called to serve him based on feeling, but rather based on commitment. And so our, 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 our line is, I love you, God, but I'm no longer in love with you. Or I love you, God, but I'm more into infatuation. And it's, I love you, God, but I have commitment problems. And that's where Solomon, he just was infatuated with the feelings that he wouldn't commit all his ways. But hear, hear me today. Hear what his, his father David said this in Psalms chapter 37, verse five. He said, commit everything you do to the Lord. Commit everything you do to the Lord. That word commit means surrender, surrender everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Commit everything. And I, I'll be real honest, because the only way I know to preach is to be transparent. I struggle with this verse. I'm really good at committing some things, but for all of you control freaks out there, you know who you are. You have problems with this verse too. You have trouble committing everything, surrendering everything. Because you know God is able, but you don't know if God will do it the way you want. And this morning, the challenge 
isn't to say, I love you, God, but I'm still gonna hold on to this. It's just, I love you, God. And to commit, to surrender, to lay it down, to commit everything to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Here's the simple truth. If you don't trust him completely, you will never surrender completely. And some of you, you need to let that sink in because you've been hurt by those you're closest to. You've been hurt by those that you love the most. You were vulnerable and now it's really hard. It's affected your relationship with your heavenly father, the creator of the universe, and you have problems trusting completely. So as a result, you can't Surrender completely. Some of you, you can't, you can't even follow the Lord with all your life and all your heart because you're afraid to let go. Because you're afraid if you let go of this, there's not going to be anything to move into. You feel like you're going to be let down. But Proverbs says this. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord, surrender to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. The word establish in the Hebrew means to make secure or stable or lasting. And I love that. To make secure, stable, or lasting. Commit, surrender to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish, he will stabilize, he will secure, he will make your plans Lasting, And I think if we were to be honest, almost every single one of us in this place, we would say, I want my life to last for something. I want there to be a lasting impact that my life has. And if that's going to happen, guess what? You and I, we've got to commit everything to him. We've got to surrender everything to him. And that means we've got to be committed to him. And we can't keep having commitment issues. Vince Lombardi said this, most people fail not because they, not because of lack of desire, but because of lack of commitment. Can I tell you that's true of us today? Most of us walk away from the Lord. Most of us never completely surrender to the Lord. It's, it's not because we don't want to, not because we don't like the idea. We love the idea, but there's the tacos of life, right? There is, there's those tacos, and they keep distracting us. We, we love the idea, but man, surrendering to the ways, man, you've got to commit to the ways of them. When Casey and I uh, were dating, which was 20 years ago, which makes me officially old, um, when, when we were dating, I was a stupid, stupid man. Um, and some of you may still say that about me, but um, the, I, I broke up with my wife twice two times. And if you know my wife, you know I way, way married out of my class, outpunted my coverage, whatever you want to call it. Amen. I mean, that may be the most truthful thing I say. She is awesome. Um, But I broke up with her twice despite her awesomeness. And there was not, it wasn't like... Everybody that gets broke up with says, oh, it was a mutual thing. This was not mutual. Um, I broke up with her, and I was a horrible breaker-upper. I mean, I just, I stunk at it. I mean, I was just like, I'm done, you know. Love you. No, I mean, I don't love you, but I like you. And we we, we just got to this point the second time. I, I knew she was the one, okay? I knew she was it for me. And it scared me to death because I knew that I loved her, but I didn't want to tell her I loved her because I knew what that meant for me. 
you know, I, I could hear the fat lady singing, it's over, baby. You know, it's, your singleness is done with, kiss your freedom goodbye, you know. It was, it was, I was like, no. And it scared me. And I, did, I didn't want to, I didn't, so, and we had come to this place where I was like, Casey, I really like you. She's like, I really like you too. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I really like you a lot. Like, I sound like Forrest Gump, you know, I like you a lot. Um, but I was like, I, I mean, I like you, like, right here a lot. And she's like, I like you like a lot too. And she wasn't going to be the first one to say it because that would have totally freaked me out, right? Um, and and, and I, ju- I knew the next step. But can I tell you, I thought committing to her was going to restrict me. I did. I thought it was going to just, you have no freedom. You don't get to choose to ever go have fun again for the rest of your life. You don't get to go hang out with your boys anymore. You don't get to like laugh anymore. You don't get, you know, I was just like, I can't do it. You know, breathing a paper bag. I was just like, man, I can't. And so I broke up. Because I was afraid my commitment was going to restrict me. And you know what? That's where a lot of us are when it comes to our relationship with God. We think our commitment to him is going to restrict us. But hear me, and it's our second point today. Your commitment isn't restricting you. It's actually releasing you. Your commitment isn't restricting you. Some of you, you need to get this deep down inside your heart. It's actually releasing you. When I finally told Casey I loved her and I knew what was coming next. I knew we were going to get engaged. I knew we were going to get married. I knew what me saying love meant for me. I knew the commitment that was being made. I knew what was coming next and it actually released me. It released me to finally be vulnerable to somebody I'd never been to, been vulnerable with. It, It finally enabled me to find out really what love was and what it looked like. It it released me to walk into an engagement and to be married and to live this dream out and to see so many great things happen. It released me to my full potential instead of just keeping me tied down to part of my potential. Can I tell you, that's what your relationship with God does. Man, it releases you to your full potential instead of restricting you to just being who you can be under your own power, under your own strength, under who you can be by you. Man, it releases you to become all that God has called you to be. And here's the deal is that I almost missed it. Almost, I almost messed it up. It was nobody else to blame. I almost missed one of the greatest gifts God has ever given me and my wife. You know what? Some of us in this place were about to miss it. We're about to miss it. And we got nobody to blame but ourselves. It's all on us. Because we've been playing this game. I love you, God, but I've got commitment issues. And we think it's going to restrict us. But man, understand God wants to release you into your full potential. John 10.10 says this. For the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. 
I've come that you may have life and have it to the full, or the new, the new International Version, the NIV says that you may have it more abundantly. This is why Jesus came. He didn't come so that your identity can be stolen. No, no, no. That's what settling and compromising does for your life. He didn't come so he could destroy your plans. He didn't come so he could just totally wipe you out. No, no, no. He says this, the reason I came, the reason I want a relationship with you is so that you can finally start to experience life in its fullest measure without having a bunch of regret, without having a bunch of shame, without having a bunch of guilt. You can experience life in its fullness, in its abundance. That's why I'm here. But the only way you do that is to commit everything to me so that I can establish your plans. What does it mean that he came to give us life to the full? What, what, what's that mean? What's that mean my life is going to be full of? Well, that is found in Galatians. It's called the fruit of the Spirit, not fruits. Many of us thought, oh, I'll take love here, but you can keep that patient stuff because I want to yell at people when I get in the parking lot. You know, it's all one piece of fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And it says this in Galatians 5, through 23 out of the Amplified Version. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, Joy, inner peace, patience. I love the way this reads. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As I'm closing, that's what God fills your life with. That's it. That's what's evident of surrendering completely to the Lord what takes the place of all your regret, all your shame, all your, it's not that you're gonna be perfect, hear me. This is not a, you're gonna be perfect for the rest of your life when you submit and you commit everything and you surrender everything to the Lord. He's gonna make your plans to succeed and you're never gonna have a bad day and nothing's gonna go wrong. And no, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is when those things do go wrong, when things do go sideways, you'll find that you still have love. You still have joy despite your circumstance. You still have inner peace, even though your body and your spirit and your mind and your inner life should be in chaos, you've still got peace that passes all understanding. That only comes from life that is fully committed to Jesus Christ. That's what comes from, man, that's the fruit of the Spirit. You've got patience, not the ability to wait. We can wait, but we wait like this. Hurry, 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 hurry. This is stupid. Just hurry, hurry, hurry. Stupid, I'm losing my mind. Hurry, go, you know. But the ability to how you act while waiting. Patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. John 10, 10. I came that you may have life. That you can actually find out what this life really was meant to be all about. Some of you, you've been living life, but you haven't experienced it yet. Because you've been in love with the idea instead of the ways. And God's saying, man, just commit all your ways to the Lord and I'll establish. I'll make your plans secure 
safe and lasting. Jeremiah says this in chapter two, the very beginning of verse 25, it says, simply ask a question, when will you stop running? When will you stop panting after other gods? When will you stop running? When we start, stop running after other things. You know, I, I, I think running is the dumbest thing in the world. Like just to run. I'm sorry, Stephen Kurt. I love you. You're a missionary. I should not say that about running with a missionary that loves running from Kenya. But I don't get it. Like it's just, I'm like, if you're faster than me, you're faster than me. Big deal. Let's go play basketball. You know, I'm like, that's real man sport. You know, um, I get it, Usain Bolt, blah, 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 blah. He's fast, big deal. I can still outrun you in my car. I get there faster every time. For, but for me, I, I get it. If you're a runner, I'm not trying to insult you, even though I already have. Um, running for me, man, it makes me sore, <laughs> which means I probably need to do it more. Six pack tacos. It makes me tired. Makes me get out of breath. Running, just just running. Can I tell you, for some of you, Jeremiah's not talking about physically. He's talking about when will your soul, when will your spirit stop running? Some of you, you're here and you're just running and you're trying to live life to the full and it's empty for you. And you're, you've regretted what you did. You, you, you wish you could do it all over and do it different. You've been doing it on your own. You, you've been trying to control everything. And it's, it's just a mess. And you're tired and you're here in this place. And you're like, I, I'm just, I'm exhausted and I'm disappointed and I'm discouraged. And if this is life to its full, I don't want it. And my question is, my employing to you is stop running. Stop running, stop chasing after everything else that God hasn't called you to. And wait for the Lord. Completely surrender, commit all your ways, all your things, all your plans. Commit everything to Him and He will establish your plans. You know why? Because once you commit everything to Him, His plans become your plans. And that's why he can start to establish them. Because he's not trying to establish you in you. He's trying to establish him and his plans in and through you. And that's life to the full. That's life in its abundance. It's not having commitment issues. It's all of a sudden realizing your commitment is releasing you to the full life. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. Lord, this morning, I I pray that we would allow you to speak to our lives and our hearts. Some of us, we're we're running, we're running, we're running, we're going, we're going, we're going. We're tired, frustrated, we're disappointed with what life is, and, and we're here, and we're wanting to change. God, some of us, we know, we know better, but we're still running. 
We love the idea of you, but God, it's so hard to commit everything to you. It's hard to surrender it. Lord, I pray right now that this morning we would do what you instructed us in Isaiah, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Mm. The Lord, we would find an inner strength that our life has been void of because we've just been running and trying to do it on our own. But Lord, this morning I pray that we would surrender, we would commit to you all of our ways. In Jesus' name, with heads bowed, nice closed, if you're here this morning. And you say, Justin, I'm here. And I've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. We want to give you that chance. This morning, you know what? You may be here and you know better, but the truth is, the reality is, you're not where you know you're supposed to be in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And today, this is the first part of surrender for you. This, this is the first act. I'm going to ask you when I get to three just to raise your hand. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to have you stand up. We're not going to have call you out. But here's what I do believe. That God sees every raised hand and he changes a heart. And this morning, if there's a change that needs to happen, when I get to three, would you just raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer. One, two, three. Is there anyone here? There's already one hand. There's two hands. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. And I want to join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. Yeah, there's three hands. There's four hands. Is there anyone else? You join these four hands. There's five hands. There's six. I see you on the side. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. And I want to join these six hands that are lifted. Man, I just need to get things right before I go any further. Before anything else happens, I just need to get things right in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Is there anybody else you join these six hands that are lifted? If you raise your hand, yeah, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? There's seven hands. Is there anyone else? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. I turn away from the life that I was living. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Believe, belong, become. Join us in our vision here at Foundations Church. Services are every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. And our youth service, FC Students, is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. For more information or to check us out online, visit us at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.